we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then, no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Tortilla Chips. Why? Because they're delicious. No, uh, really, it's it's brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the fantastic Reddit community of our slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and I'm joined by a slightly worse for wear crew of co-hosts tonight. Uh, so we have, as usual, Guy and Travis back from a little bit of hiatus. Uh, Jay is sick and Simon was not able to join us tonight. Maybe he'll come in later as he had some things going on with work. Uh, however... In a show of appreciation from last week, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Phil Luchford. Did I say that right? Yep, Luchford is how we say Luchford. it. Phil Luchford, uh, a.k.a. this is the man who gave us all the heads up about Lloyd the other week, and uh, he's here to give us the scoop on all things FC Dallas. What's up, everybody? Hey, man. Howdy. It really wouldn't be a MLS Fantasy Insider show unless Reed destroyed somebody's last name, so... I think we're covered there now. <laughs> you know, I gotta give the people what they want, right? Right. Well, let's just start out, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have a little question before we get into our player picks to get into this a little deeper. But how'd your teams do? Let's just start with you, guy. Oh, <clears throat> well, since I had four Dallas players, and I had Robbie Keane, um, not great. I got 70 points. And uh, I'm gonna revoke my own credentials for giving any fantasy advice. I, I, I'm a complete, <laughs> I'm a complete loser. I'm a failure, folks. About you, Travis. Um, I'm two points better than being a complete loser, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I I had also four Dallas players. Thankfully, one of them was Aaron Gian, who doesn't play. Um. But my back line was a total of two whopping points. However, Pedro Morales and Akam and Chivinko and Villa saved me, so I wound up with 73 <coughs> total points. So I probably didn't win any of my head-to-head leagues, but I'm at least not adrift too far. What <laughs> you, Phil? I guess we're going in ascending order this week. Uh, my team had 83. Uh, Giovinco, the captain, of course, got me 26. Uh, David Villa, I'm a Dallas fan. I only had two Dallas players, Zimmerman and Diaz. And then my sneaky pickup this past week was Kai Kamara, got me eight. Nice. I'll mess up the little ranking that we were doing. I got 80 points, which I was ecstatic about yeah. um, because I had, I think, 23 or something going into Sunday, so that was that was pretty rough. Um but I had a three Dallas players. I had Gonzalez and Zimmerman in the back. My backline also did not do as well for me, which we'll get into some suggestions for that later on. Uh, my midfield didn't come through very much as at all because I had Gio and Villa up front, so I had some nice little score fest 
up there. Somehow I managed to get a lot of green arrows, but it was mostly my head-to-heads that, that gave me the reds or no change at all. So uh, it's, it's pretty strange that you get an 80-point week and are kind of frustrated by the absolute results. So a lot of, a lot of uh, hashtag fantasy sorrows going around. True that. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get into our <clears throat> discussions first. Uh, so I just want to go over with everybody about some injuries. There's a bunch on there of varying severities if you want to check it out, but just something to keep an eye on. Uh, Gilberto over at Chicago has a knee sprain. Uh, Gaston Saro over at Columbus has a broken finger. Uh, I did not think he was going to play this past week, but he was there all bandaged up, so he he looks like he may still be okay, um, even if Columbus's back line is not. Uh, Spindola is still questionable with a hamstring. Castillo is listed as an abductor and questionable, so keep an eye on him. Kennedy and Dos Santos both have leg injuries. Drogba has his inflamed knee <laughs> Inflamed knee is what it's listed as. I think we can just call that old man disease. Is that is that what's Turfitis, going on? I think is the term. <laughs> Turfitis, yeah. Turfitis, turfitis. Right. Uh, we had I had some questions about Roe over at New England asking if he was a set on starter. He is listed with a hip injury, so I don't know if uh, he's vying for his position or if it's just that injury that's keeping him off the field. Uh, Kaká still has the thigh strain. Ridgewell has a hamstring issue. Uh, Francis has a quad injury, another guy that I've been getting a lot of questions about. Evans with a shoulder injury. Vinny has an abductor injury, but he seemed pretty active during the Sporting Kansas City game in the commentary booth, so maybe we'll see him back soon. Uh, then finally, Guy's favorite player, Altador, is still listed as questionable with a hamstring injury. That's a lot of big-name players that are down there. What, what has happened? We're two weeks into this season. I don't know. Uh, there are a few players that also have suspensions listed. They're not very important, and so I don't think it'll be too impactful. But you can check that out if you want. The last other bit of housekeeping that I'm going to touch on right now is we're doing something special here at the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, and we're starting a campaign over at Patreon. And uh, Patreon is a crowdfunding website that we're hoping people who listen will help us support the show because we do have some regular occurring costs uh, such as hosting fees that we're hoping that maybe people will be willing to uh, help support us by giving us some monthly donations. It's brand new. We're still putting the finishing touches on that little site over there, but it's it's Patreon. If you want to check it out, it'll be up in the next few days. And so if you do like what we do, we would appreciate any support that you can give us to help us be able to keep doing it and maybe even make the show better in the future. So all of that to the side, let's get into our discussion. So, guys, I think the question on everybody's mind is round two was crazy, and it just caused a lot of players to experience some serious fantasy sorrows, as I think we coined on Twitter. Uh, So what's your general takeaway from round two, and how should players react to many of these unexpected results? Well, I would... Oh, this, this is what wild cards are for. I mean, honestly, if you got stuck with a bum team and you got a bunch of injuries... Just blow it up. It, you're you're going to feel good. Just rage sell some people. Put them in their place. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it depends what you're playing for. Like right now, I think I'm, I'm ranked like 3,000 some place, which is a very uncomfortable position to be in. And if you you just can't go the entire year at that place. Like if you're, if you're going to play for a prize of some kind, you have to be aggressive at some point. So if everything's fallen all to hell, then it's time to 
start making some major moves. That's that's my takeaway. So guy is scorched earth. How about you, Phil? <laughs> my takeaway was that it's just important to get players that are integral to their team because I had like for example Valeri. He didn't even do that much except take a bunch of missed shots, you know, shots that went over the bar and stuff. And he still got five points. I mean, Mario Diaz, his team got blown out, and he still got five points. And so I'm getting just reliable scores from people that are really important to their team. So just going forward, just make sure you have people that are on free kicks or that are the central uh, focus point of their team, like Valeri, Diaz, Maidana, Pedro Morales, players like that. Yeah, and I'm glad I saved you for last, Travis. I'm sure you could mention how some of these new bonus points are helping contribute to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with what uh, Phil's saying. I mean, I tried to, to put in a lot of players on my team that, that even if they don't get on the score sheet, they have a low floor, or a high floor, rather. So, like, uh, Javinko, even if he hadn't, Scored a goal and had an assist. He still had five points. Um, Via didn't get as much. I mean, he got four points without his goals, but but he's always going to score in Yankee Stadium. But again, Diaz, uh, Valeri, uh, Pedro Morales, uh, guys like that are generally going to get bonus points. And so, even if a team has an off week, they're at least not going to lose value and they're going to get you some points. Um, for me, two rounds isn't enough. Uh, I mean, it's just not enough data. It's not a big enough sample size for me, especially in MLS, where you can you can have a Colorado uh, halfway through the season go and, and beat a team that they shouldn't beat or, or that they did last weekend against L.A., who... LA sucks away from home still, but I mean, two weeks isn't enough to, to completely blow up your team for me, unless it's like injuries or players that aren't getting the minutes that they should be getting. But, I mean, if you're preparing yourself like I am to, to do the round four double game week, I've got four Vancouver players. I've got three active Dallas players. I've got a New England player. And aside from my forwards, nobody really did stellar, but I'm not going to blow them up uh, just to try to get a couple extra guys uh, on a different team. I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep with my plan at least until round five or six. But what if they really deserve it? <laughs> <laughs> then take the hit. I mean, take the minus four. I mean, I think that's... That's to me right now taking a minus four or a minus eight would be probably better served than killing your wild card when you may need it for like international call ups that you don't uh, account for injuries or red cards. Well, let's do a quick survey since we seem to have started one already. Lots of people were asking us about wild cards this week. So, Guy is obviously pro wild, pro wild card. Travis is hesitant, or you know, on wild card right now. I'm not using a wild card. I mean, all 11 of my players are playing, and they're doing decently, and they're most of them are going to see a minimum of 90 minutes uh, come round four. So I'm not using mine. Yeah, I mean, so, I'm, I'm on the fence with mine, though, because I do have the four Dallas players coming up on the double, so 
it wouldn't make a ton of sense to swap out those players, even though they really <laughs> pissed me off this week. Uh, well, but they've got three double game weeks. Such naughty boys. Um, well, then let's let's have Phil come in here as the the tiebreaker. What do you think, Phil? Are you using your wild card this week, and uh, are the is the performance from Dallas enough to sway you one way or the other? No way. Uh, definitely not using a wild card. Um, all my players are playing, just like Travis said. Uh, if your players are playing, then it's probably not a good idea to wild card. It's much better to save it for that time when there's a whole bunch of unexpected absences. Like uh, the earliest possible would be week four when there's some international call-ups and maybe a couple of them catch you by surprise. But yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to save mine for between game weeks 10 and 13. Uh, there's a bunch of double game weeks in that region, and then there's buys on either side in game week 9 and game week 13. So probably somewhere between 10 and 13 is where I'm going to use my wild card if, if I'm not caught off guard by injuries or absences. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not too concerned with the, the international call-ups because um, America just doesn't have a real good uh, tradition right now of picking our best players anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Klinsman can take whoever the hell he wants. It's not going to make a difference on my team. But, like, consider Dallas's back line, right? I mean, Zimmerman could potentially get a U23 call-up. Hedges could get a call-up to the U.S. national team, even though it's unlikely. Atiba Harris is the captain of St. Kitts and Nevis. He's going to be gone for one of those two double game weeks. And then Maynard Figueroa is the captain of Honduras. So he's going to miss one of those two double game weeks. So if that happens, like, Dallas's back line, I mean, Guillen could potentially see playing time if all those players were called up. So that would be pretty crazy. And looking ahead down towards closer to round 13, we have the the Voyagers Cup up in in Canada. We have Copa America that's overlapping around with that. And then we have the UA for Euro Cup also starting around uh, June 10th. So that could be a time when a lot of people are really shifting. So that could be a good point for making it. Uh, I think you guys are right that round four is the time that you would want to use it round two maybe a little bit of an overreaction. But I think the real takeaway, if I'm hearing everyone correctly from this, is establish your fantasy safety net. That's what these guys who are taking set plays and are generating bonus points are doing for you. And that's, I think, a great advantage of the rule change that happened this year. I like that fantasy safety net. All right, so we're going to move to questions. I hope that uh, helps people who are wondering about wild cards. <clears throat> now... We're going to start out with keepers and defenders this week. I think it's good to lump them all together. So this first question we're going to give to Phil since he is our guru. So Dallas had a bad week. Uh, and uh, Vancouver has also not started with uh, the results that many had hoped they would, so both of those teams. Uh, how have recent results changed your mind or our minds about our defensive strategies, such as budget defense or whatever? And uh, who are we looking at now as our budget players or just the, the top two teams to lean on for defense? Well, my mind really hasn't changed at all. I mean, if you're going to swap out Dallas or Vancouver defenders right before a double game week, then who are you going to get instead? There's really no other option that I would be confident in. So I'm still sticking with the same players I had. Now, uh, right at the beginning of the year, uh, before week one, I was at the tailgate right before the FC Dallas game, and uh, and I was really I was panicking. I had a second a change of heart. I had Jesse Gonzalez in goal. And then he had actually been injured before the preseason game in Oklahoma City. And so I was really concerned because as having a good backup in Chris Seitz, I thought that Oscar Preya might just switch and just go with Chris Seitz just because he's fully healthy, since I wasn't completely com- convinced on Jesse Gonzalez's status. 
And so I, in the parking lot before the game, I swapped out and put in David Osted. And after week one, that looked horrible. <laughs> and after week two, it still looks pretty bad. But I'm just not going to change because uh, game week four, they have Houston at home, L.A. at home. And I think that one of those could potentially be a shutout, maybe L.A. since they're on the road for that game. So I'm just going to stick with him until through game week four, then maybe reevaluate. Um, if you have Jesse Gonzalez, I would keep him as well. And the reason being, just because he's he's 20 years old. I mean, there's not many goalkeepers that are starting for their teams at 20 years old anywhere in a first division team around the world. So, And after the game, Oscar Preha said, he's young, he's still learning. I'm not going to swap him out at this point. I'm, you know, He's my goalkeeper for the long term. So he's going to put up some games that just leave you kind of scratching your head, like, what happened? And basically, he's just he's 20 years old. He's still learning. But I think if you go, you know, take him over the entire season, I think he's still a top five keeper, something like that. Um, he's always going to get lots of saves and probably a bunch of clean sheets. Just not right now. There, it, and Dallas does this every year. Last year, it was Colorado. There was this inexplicable 4-0 loss against Colorado at home. It made no sense at all. So unfortunately, this seems kind of like a annual occurrence for Dallas is just that this one inexplicable score kind of at the beginning of the year, but it, they'll figure it out. So stick with Jesse Gonzalez, stick with David Osted, and stick with budget. Who else are you going to pick? I mean, there's no solid defensive choice that I can think of. Um, I have Clarence Goodson from San Jose. Yep. He could happen to get four bonus points, even in a game where he didn't get the shutout. And uh, that was the clean sheet was lost right at the end of the game. I was so upset. But, hey, six points in a game where you don't get the clean sheet is awesome. So stick with players that are getting the defensive bonus points that are cheap. That's my advice. Anybody else have anything to add to that? I agree. <clears throat> I agree with all that. Stick with your guns, and, and you can't predict uh, when the clean sheets are going to come. But... Uh... As long as you've got players that are getting bonus points and are uh, potentially getting uh, extra minutes for the double game week, then just stick with your guns. Yeah, I think that's the big key for this one is a lot of us are holding on to these guys at least through that double game week. After that, if Parker is still coming up with big goose eggs for me, then I will ship him out to try to find somebody else. I mean, maybe even Vincent would be better at this point if, if he's at least going to get something for me. Uh, but I think it's that double game week that's really worth holding on. And as you said, Phil, a lot of these guys, it's, it's the long run, and keepers do not have a lot of difference between where they fall at the end of the season, and so I don't think making a big knee-jerk reaction is uh, a good idea. Yeah, don't use your transfers on defenders or a goalkeeper at this point unless you're fielding players that aren't playing at all because there are midfielders and forwards that you absolutely need right now. So use your transfers on those players. Just one final comment from me. Um, San Jose, you know, they Clarence Goodson's getting decent points in the back, but the problem is that they give up 18 shots to Colorado and 16 shots to Portland. So they're extremely lucky that they've only given up one goal, right? So that's just that's crazy. So at some point it's going to come back and bite them. So watch out for San Jose defenders that are scoring higher than normal right now. Ooh, good tip. Good tip. So speaking of some keepers, uh, Wara kind of surprised everyone by starting this round and did well against uh, 
Oh, I forgot who Colorado played. Oh, that's right. It was L.A. Did well in, or not Colorado. Colorado did play L.A. I wrote Colorado here in my notes. I don't know what I was thinking when I did that, but I digress. Uh, so War did really well last week, and people are wondering if he is worth bringing in since DC has that double game week coming up. So, Guy, what do you think? Is is that a potential bargain keeper to bring in that's going to go the long term with Hamid out with an injury, or what do you think? Uh, well, first, refresh my memory. Has has uh, DC changed their coach since last year? That, that's a serious question. I don't, I don't follow DC as close as I should. Have they changed their coach since last year? I do not believe so. Okay, then DC cannot be trusted on a double game week. How many times you get a hand slap before you realize, like, DC, for whatever reason, has their players' mentality set to the point where you are physically incapable of playing two games in a week, so we're going to rotate you out. Um, no, I, you, you can't. Don't trust DC. Don't do it. It's, it's nothing that's going to come of that. And Colorado is this great big enigma that I can't figure them out. Uh, no, just just leave it alone. And they did draw draw 0-0 with New England this week. That's who I was thinking of. And New England, I thought, looked pretty good uh, with some of their attacking build-ups. So yeah, he's well, a nice backup. New England, uh, I mean, they were disappointing, but uh, they definitely have – they had the chances. But, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not wasting none of my time bringing in any DC players on a double game week. I tweeted out, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? Because nobody's going to have Wara on their team, right? But actually, he's like 22% owned. And so a bunch of people got a .1 for him just by having him on their bench because they picked him as their 4.0 scrub. So I'm pretty salty right now that people got a free tenth of a dollar just by picking the right scrub goalkeeper. That that would be me right money, here. Money, money, money. Oh yeah, <laughs> I picked Stadjuhar just because his name sounds cool. <laughs> that can work. I've I've made picks for it for that before. So <laughs> uh, I, I picked Washington, but that's versus kind of watching red versus blue. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, well, enough about keepers and defenders. Missimo. Yeah. Uh, let's do our picks, guys. So who are you looking at for this week on your defense and as your goalkeeper? Just stick with what you have. I got Usted, Zimmerman, Goodson, Parker. I'm not making any changes to my defense. And I got Vincent as a bench guy in case somebody's inexplicably absent. Yeah, I have uh, – I mean, I still have Blake on the bench from Philly. And why didn't Philly turn some heads this week going uh, Columbus? So Indeed. Yeah, I mean, as dangerous as Piotti looks right now, I may actually go Blake over uh, Gonzalez in the goal. And then, yeah, whoever my scrub. Yeah, I got Redding, Figueroa, and Dia in the back, and I'll just leave that. I don't I don't make defender substitutions unless I see a red arrow so or a red exclamation point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to, uh, to play Wara uh, if he's starting just because... Um, Colorado has scored one goal in their first two games, <laughs> and DC hasn't been much better. But um, I'll probably just play it safe and and keep with Osted and and my Dallas defenders and Parker. And you have some interesting options there too, because if you have Osted, they're playing Seattle. Uh, it's an away game, but that has equally been struggling with uh, their offense. Now the only catches, Gonzalez, uh, they're playing Montreal at home. Uh, 
this week, and Piotti has been a bit of a beast, and we'll get into that later, but that's that could be a good option with if you're going with a Gonzalez or Wara option. So And Drogba will play in Frisco, it's a grass field. That's right, Drogba will, will play yeah, on the grass field. Uh, well, I've got some notes from Simon, and I'm going to make up what Jay would say normally at this time. Simon still says go with Shuttleworth as far as the keeper. Uh, when it comes to defenders, he says they all suck. And I'm pretty sure that even though it makes no sense that Jay would say Yura for both positions. Yeah. Yeah, how's that working out for him this year? <laughs> that's why he's sick. He's just ashamed of how much he talked about RSL, and that's just a pile of hot garbage. Hey, the Dallas fans here. <laughs> We'll keep it civil. Keep it civil. Uh, so moving on to midfielders, since we're already talking about them, uh, let's talk about Ivanishitz. Uh, he's he's a cheap midfielder, and a lot of us, I know I myself, targeted him at the beginning of the season. Um, people want to know if he's still worth keeping, or is the Seattle offense going to continue to struggle without Oba? Uh, I'm on the fence about Ivanishitz. He did come by with four points this week, which is is not bad for a team that's not scoring. It is it is definitely part of that fantasy safety net that built in. He's in the mid-sevens, and so that's a nice price for a guy who does have some potential to score and get some assists going on there. For me, honestly, I, I'm up in the air. It, it does look like Seattle is struggling some without without Oba there, and I don't know if it's just they need that two-man forward attack to really pressure with Dempsey and Oba or or what's going on with them, but it's it's not working right now. And, and who knows, maybe they're still recovering from some of the CCL games and just trying to get back into the flow of, of MLS. But um, as far as Ivanishitz, he's definitely on the fence for me. I'm willing to give him one more chance um, before I ship him out, since there is a Seattle home game this week, but with the double games coming up in round four, he'll definitely be a spot that I'm willing to give up to bring in somebody that's going to get me two shots and points. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm, a, I'm of two minds of it. Uh, if something else comes up that I really like, then yeah, I could because I have him too because I liked his price at the beginning, but I I just think that. Uh, <clears throat> Man, it, Seattle lost so much when they lost Oba. And as a Portland fan, I couldn't be happier about it. But, I've been keeping Ivan Shits just because he takes some of the free kicks. Yeah. And I've been really targeting those players. But, I mean, at this point, Wenger, he's a little bit cheaper. Why not pick him up instead? If you have a yeah, free transfer, consider taking out Ivan Shits and putting in Wenger. And that brings us right into our next question seamlessly. And Travis is the best person here to answer this. Are Houston and Winger the real deal? Yeah, that was a great segue. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I will say as a Houston fan, I have been absolutely impressed before. I mean, he has been, his work rate has just been amazing. He's been covering the entire field and producing some great, the kinds of crosses that you would see from Brad Davis, except with his right foot. Um, my only reservation right now is uh, Houston have two away games. I think that's going to be the real test. It's real. They play away at New York and then away at Vancouver. And those places really haven't been, or any away games really for Houston haven't been great goal-scoring opportunities for us. So 
if we go there and we get results with this 4-3-3 with the speed on the wings, then uh, I may target him after the double game week. I mean, I'm not going to use a transfer aside from my double game week transfers. Uh, so I'll just I'll say wait two more weeks, see what he does uh, away from home, and then he'll be primed to maybe come in in round five when he has a home game against Seattle. Nice guy. You want to add anything? No, I, I, I really was pretty high on Houston when they got Maidana and they made a couple of key moves. So I'm going to start – I mean, after that, just, just seeing that the, a team is capable of doing something like a five-goal game this early on. The chemistry was there. Um, it didn't look like it was like a fluke. You know, I mean, it was a, it was a legitimate win. you got to give them credit. So I think when a team is capable of that, you feel more comfortable gambling on some of those type of players. So I'm a little higher on Maidana than I am on wingers because I, I really liked Maidana. Even, I mean, he was even good in Philly, which is really hard to do. So, um, yeah, I, I will I will look at some some Houston players going forward for sure. So, Travis, do you know what Maidana's status is since he went out injured at the half? Uh, I haven't heard anything yet, but uh, when I find out, I'll, I'll tell everybody. But, yeah, it's a pretty big concern because most of the attack was going through him. So It was just like a flesh wound, though, wasn't it? Didn't it just like – was it a cut or did he break his nose, you think? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it was – it looked like it was head-to-head because uh, – uh, who was it that – Figueroa. That, was it Figueroa? Yeah, because he had – he was bleeding on his head as well when he came off to the bench. So uh, it looked like it was pretty hard hit both ways. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it depends on whether or not there's any kind of co- concussion protocol involved. Um, I would hope so. Uh, he can always get one of those cool face masks like Horace Grant used to wear. Right, or maybe you could borrow uh, Kalen Carr's like, helmet. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's a lot of midfielder options out there, but who are you guys targeting as your picks for this round, Phil? Well, I, for game week three, I really don't have a pick. I'm just looking ahead to the double game week. And in the double game week, I definitely want Perales. I definitely want Diaz and potentially Castillo are the players I want. I mean, I'm basically throwing out this past week's results and just focusing on players that I really want that have two games. Um, so is it fair to say that your your pick for this week would be setup picks for round four? Yeah, if I make one transfer for this week, it's Wenger for Ajax. That's what I'm considering, and I really want to bank a transfer for next week. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm going to look at, uh, I'm keeping Piotti, Valeri, and Diaz, and <clears throat> I think my move is going to be shipping out even shits and uh, I like Fagundes. I think that he had some good play. It looks like he'll be a starter, so I'm going to get Fagundes ahead of the double game week. So that, those are my are four. You concerned? Are you concerned that he'll rotate because there's uh, Bunbury, Rowe, Agadello, all those players that could potentially play wing instead of Fagundes for a double game week? Yeah. It's, it's a little concerned, but a guy likes to be bold. Oh, yeah. I don't. I'll blow it up, man. <laughs> about you, Travis? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I actually brought in Fagundes last week as well, just because uh, I thought he'd have at least a good shot of, even if he doesn't start both games, of getting minutes in both games. 
Uh, I I also picked up Pedro Morales, and I've got Diaz on my team as well. Uh, so I've got maybe one or two more midfielders to try to figure out. Uh, it's going to be really hard to get Castillo in my lineup right now, just because I had to take the uh, I had to take Guillen, uh as a 4.0 defender. So I'm maxed mm-hmm. out on Alex. So I'd have to figure out a way to ship him out first. Um, but I want Castillo because I don't really trust DC. Uh, and I don't know whether Lee Wynn is going to be called up or not yet. Sure. Um, I'm assuming he probably is just based on previous call-ups, but um, I'm probably going to do what Phil is talking about and just uh, making one transfer, banking the other one until I get some more information and seeing what happens. Great. And then Simon says that he is uh, sticking with the Larry and the com. I guess I don't know if he had a com last week or not, but that's that's where the majority of Chicago's points funnel through right there. So not a bad pick. And uh, I, th- I think um, it were, were it not for the injury, Jason would, of course, say hobby. But uh, we're going to go with Yura again. <laughs> Safe pick. Safe yeah. pick. So we have yeah. no questions about forwards. Seems pretty straightforward right now. So, guys, who are your forward picks after this crazy round? Let's see. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Travis first. Uh, <laughs> um, well, Villa is still at Yankee Stadium, so I'm still picking Villa. Uh, Giovinco is still breathing and alive, so I'm still going to pick Giovinco. Um, and I'm running a 3-5-2 right now, so those are my two guys. Uh, Simon goes with Villa and Laren. Jason goes with Yura. <laughs> How about you, guy? Okay, so... Oops. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead of Phil. So, um, I still have a Rudy. Still believe in the, the Dallas dream here. I'm going to keep Giovinco, and I had Keen last week. I expected big things out of Keen. Um, God, they got to be better at home, right? They so, usually are. They got four goals last time. Yeah, which, oh man, I want to, I want to rage sell Keen so bad. Do it. Uh, I mean, yeah, there there are definite legitimate options out there. I mean, I wouldn't even mind getting like Adi or uh, Via right now, but I do like the the idea of saving a transfer. So I think I'll just stick with uh, Keen, Javinko, and Rudy. I may actually captain Keen just to um, really rage sell it if it goes south on me. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it, that's the thing. Like at this point, if I captain Giovinco like everybody else, then I'm not I'm not gaining any ground. So you're not losing any either, though. Well, last week I captain Piotti and I got one more point than than Giovinco yeah. did. So yeah. fist in the air on that one. I I, I did well. <laughs> I like that. High five. What about you, Phil? Who are you looking at? Did we lose Phil? Oh, no, we uh, may have lost Phil. I think we lost we'll, Phil. We'll see what happens if Phil comes back in. He can give us his forward picks, but at least we know that again. Uh, Jason's going with with Euro. So we'll go ahead and move on. Now you may have noticed that we didn't touch on some guys who you, especially the midfield, who you may have wanted to talk about, but that's because I added the must-have section question mark back into here. So do we think there are any must-haves? going forward after only two rounds. Uh, I'm going to throw these three names out here to get your reactions and feel free to add more. Uh, Piotti, who we just barely touched on in midfield, uh, Via and Gio. 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, Geo's always a must-have. I was advocating Geo being a must-have way early in the season. So <clears throat> stick with Geo. And I think really the only other definite must-have is uh, Piotti right now. I mean, Piotti's he's just on another level right now. So until he cools off a bit, yeah, I'm, I'm going with uh, just those two as the absolute must-haves. Travis? Um, yes, if I had to pick a third guy... Um, right now, it would be Via just because they have so many home games. Um, as far as another third pick, I would it would probably be a Com, uh, just because he has been shown just how dangerous he is right now. And it looks like Phil's come back to us. Uh, so Phil, let's get your forward picks, and then we were just talking about do we have any must-have players identified just yet? Hey, sorry about that. I'm at the hotel. Wi-Fi is crapped out on me, but I'm back. Um, for forwards, I mean, you got to have Giovinco. And I've had VF since the beginning, so I'm keeping him. And then just this last week, I had some extra transfers because my team was looking good. So I was like, hey, let's get Kai Kamara. So I got him because he's playing Philly this past week and then Chicago. But what I'm going to do is for the double game week, I'm going to drop him for a Rudy. And I was also considering Rivero because they're at the same price, but I think Arudi is going to score more because he's a guaranteed starter in a high-flying offense usually. So um, this week I'm holding tight on my forwards, and then next week I'm going to drop Kamara for Arudi. And then you asked about must-have players. Um, for As of right now, just based on form, Giovinco, Piatti, um, then for double game week, I think you have to have Diaz and Perales. Uh, I think they're definites. And then I'd like to have a Rudy, so that's my like to have on the double game week. Very nice. So let's wrap this up, guys, with captain picks. Who are we going with? How about you, Phil? Who do you want to go for your captain? My captain, uh, it's kind of a tough choice. I, I didn't really see anybody that totally stood out to me. And so usually I default to Giovinco, but um, David Villa had a great week, and he's at home against Orlando City, mm -hmm. who is vulnerable in the back. So I'm going to captain Villa. Nice, Travis. Um, I am also probably like 73% sure I'm going to captain David Villa as well. I'm a little worried about that pick just because... He doesn't get a ton of bonus points like Geo does, but again, he's at Yankee Stadium, so he's probably going to score. Coming off a big game too, so a lot of motivation. Yep, I'm going to stick. I, I think I think I've talked myself into Captain and Keen this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's Fair that's enough. breaking news within the last five minutes. I didn't know until now. So You're doubling down. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Double down the hate. Uh, well, that's all I had for the picks questions. Now, I did have some things about Double Game Week, but we've talked about that a whole lot already, so I hope people have gotten some good ideas for who we are targeting and just what thoughts to make about proper Double Game Week transfers. I will have this one question before we wrap everything up and just give a quick answer if you want to. Uh, the question is, is it better to transfer in a good player that is in form, like Piotti or... Uh, who only has one game in a double game week, or to get a good player on a team with an upcoming double game week that is not in form or not as in form as someone like maybe uh, Pedro Morales or, or Lee Wynn might be? 
Well, yeah, that's the whole point of the game, I think. I mean, <laughs> that's fantasy, right there in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> eventually, you know, Piotti's going to slow down, and Villa's going to have a couple of blanks, and Javinko's not going to get a goal every game. He's not going to have 38 goals this year. So, you know, it's it's always about trying to find that trend ahead of time, which is why I really hate the beginning of the year because it's it's like the least. It's you just feel so ignorant. So. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If there's a guy that you're looking at for a double game week or you think a team's going to turn the corner, pick him up, even if they got no points. I mean, you're getting them at a, at a bargain anyway. Um, I want to weigh in. Uh, like a guy was saying, it's so early in the year, you just don't have any history on these players. But we actually do, from previous years, you can a spreadsheet and see uh, how consistently they performed, like last year, for example. So Piatti is at near the, at the top of the list in points per 90. And uh, so I f- would feel really comfortable with Piatti just because he has a track record. But other players that maybe don't have one as much, I, I think sometimes they can just be flashes in the pan. I mean, Akam is another player who has a really high points per 90 last year that I would be comfortable transferring in, except that he has these crazy bye weeks coming up. So I think it's you have to strike a balance of players that – are, are hot and have a history of being hot and players on a uh, double game league. Travis, anything else from you? Uh, I mean, I agree. Um, uh, it's <laughs> Double game weeks are definitely tricky because uh, you just never know if they're actually going to play both games, uh, especially with DC. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a pass. That's a pass performance predictor right there. DC <laughs> will pull your pants down and swat you just because they they like to spite you. I mean, it's just because they can. Because MLS. Because MLS. Because yeah. MLS. And then one of their players will have like an 18 point single game in the double game week and still screw you over somehow. And but. and will never play again. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of a gamble. I mean. I tend to, unless it's Giovinco or someone on that level, which there are very few, Piotti right now is, is about the only other one on that level, unless it's one of those guys, uh, I'm, I lean towards the double game week players just because it gives you more chances to, to potentially get more points. So if I'm picking double, week game, double game week guys, it's going to be guys that... I'm fairly certain are going to start or at least be involved in both games and at least have a fairly good floor to where even if they don't do terribly well in both games, their two crappy games will equal out to one fairly good game sure. of, of a non-Geopinco player. Sure. And, of course, if you're trying to justify something later on, if you made a bad pick, a double game week is always an easy way to justify, well, you know, I had two shots. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, let's mm-hmm. not forget, uh, talking about our, our ceilings and floors, Dom Dwyer said he's going to get 30 goals this year. So. <laughs> well, when you're married to Sidney LaRue, I bet you do think you can take on the world. Because <laughs> that's a one percenter right there. That's a one percenter, and he did it. So, Fair yeah. enough. More well, let's start winding things down. Uh, we're going to go through our, our league information and, and get stuff wrapped up with our announcement. Uh, be a little bit quicker this week after Simon scolded us a little bit. Uh, so the r slash fantasy MLS Classic League, the top scorer this round was Jack Renwick. 
manager of the team FC Renwick with 105 points, which is awesome because that's just 10 points off of the overall top score. So congrats, man. Golf Good club. job, Jack. Set my team next time. <laughs> Golf clap. Uh, now I guess the most fun part is uh, the MLS FI hosts head-to-head game. Uh, fortunately, Travis is, or not, Simon is not here right now um, because he beat me in our game with 86 points, and I had my 80 points. I had 80 right until the end of that San Jose game, and it just disappeared. Or I had, sorry, I had 87, Ooh. and it just disappeared. And I was thinking of Guy the whole time, because I was like, dang it, this game was supposed to start at 7, it's 9 o'clock, it's over, I'm great. No, it did not end until 9.30. So, not pleased by that. Not pleased by that one bit. Uh, going down through here, it looks like uh, Guy, you barely got inched out by Ivan the Terrible over there at Fantasy Football First. Ouch. Well, it's because I, I took a four-point hit last week, so... Um, Uh-oh. And I, and I think Ivan and I are, are pretty much, we're like natural rivalries. Mm-hmm. Um, he put it on article. Uh, I hear he's a good guy, but I'm smacking him down. Um, but he beat me this week. What can I say? Very good. And what about your game, Travis? You played uh, Jason. Yeah, I lost to Jason. I'm 0-2 in the uh, Fantasy Host League so far, so things are not looking good. I might have to change my name to my team name to have some kind of cat reference to kind of my, <laughs> my, my future a little bit. That's going to be our Sacco? Is that what it is? You have to name your team after a cat? No, no. I mean, Sir Meowly won the uh, the league last year, so I figured it might be, a, might be help, helpful to my uh, team. That's true. And then we'll give a... Uh, I was going to say a shout-out to, to Mike, but uh, it, it, I guess it's more of a condolences. He got stopped by Fantasy Football 24-7 uh, by 14 points. They beat him 84-70. to 70. So Simon, though, saved us with some respectable uh, totals, make us have uh, the U.S. side have the highest score this round with 86. So thanks, Simon, if you can hear us. Um, but no, as a guy knows, the Fantasy Football guys at 24-7 are, are legit tough guys. Yeah, I don't know why they have me write their articles because they you just, just look so, you just look so sexy in that shirt year. as their model. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> That's right. You can get Guy to come over and, and model for you and get a T-shirt for them. Um, what about you, Phil? Did you have any any leagues head-to-head or classic that you wanted to highlight? Um, not not necessarily. I mean, I'm in a, a league where we put down some money with the American Soccer Analysis guys. Oh. And I happen to be way out in first place after two weeks. So that's got to be just coincidence. Very nice. No, bro. Run with it. Run with it. Expert status. Uh, and I had a lot of messages on Twitter and some questions on Reddit today. People really want to bring back the fun team names. So back by popular demand, here are three team names that I really enjoyed from looking through the list. Uh, in Hines site was uh, Sean Stinson. I enjoyed that. Phantom of the Opara from Sam Ain. Thank you. I, I thought that was good, too. And then uh, I think Guy might like this one. All you do is nag me. So for all That's the... awesome. <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that, and now I can never use it because somebody else was more original than I was. Matt C. is the one who you can blame for that, giving you that great think, idea and snatching it away from you. I think my favorite that I saw this week, uh, I think Jay would appreciate it. Uh, it was... Brent C came up with the team name God Damn It. <laughs> but like <laughs> damn like Van Dam. <laughs> he would. He would appreciate that. Yeah. He would. Alright, well, are there any other plugs or announcements that you guys would like to make before we wrap up? 
Yeah, real quick. Uh, I do my podcast every Tuesday, so come over to SportingSanchez.com and you listen to a new podcast every week. Uh, not safe for work, probably not safe for family time, but I do talk about a lot of family, so there you go. I'm not even sure that's safe for me. <laughs> no, I, I get a I get a glass of uh, whiskey in me, and I um I go off. And this last week, I, I talked a little bit about the MLS not telling time correctly, so I no. am now ex- permanently excluded from the uh, official I'm MLS writers list. Excommunicated. <clears throat> that's all right. They need to be shamed into starting that damn game on time. I agree. <laughs> yeah, and I have my uh, weekly bonus points article coming out uh, on Wednesday for MLSsoccer.com. I write the fantasy article for Big D Soccer, so if you're an NFC Dallas fan, come on out to BigDSoccer.com. We got that. Uh, and then, of course, I also write some stuff for MLS Soccer that will be out later this week with my picks for round three, as well as articles that are popping up on MLS Fantasy Boss. And then I'll give a little plug here for something that may or may not happen. Uh, Guy and I were chatting with the soccer captains guys on Twitter, and we may throw together a little special podcast in honor of all of the uh, fantasy sorrows that happened last week where we're just going to... Maybe it's going to be like a version of Guy's Podcast where we drink and rant, but it'll be all about soccer and none about whatever it is, some weird NASCAR thing I think that Guy talks about as well. But <laughs> that may happen this Let's week. talk about we'll, some NASCAR. We'll see. We'll That's see all right. Happens. We'll see what happens. Any other closing thoughts, guys, before we go? I know I asked this like three times. It's like it's this ongoing closing montage that we have that goes on. No, I just want another, uh, another week like this week from the Dynamo. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, well, fair enough. Not great for my fantasy team, so... Well, mine either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Phil. Uh, we really like your insights. If you hear anything else about the backline of Dallas, keep us in the know. Of course I will. Thank you, guys. Great. Well, thanks, yeah, everyone, good talking for to you, Phil. thanks everyone for listening. Hope this helps, and good luck. <laughs>